welcome to the podcast of Imago Day Community Eastside Gathering. Join us in this Sunday service as we look to the scriptures, seeking to be transformed into the image of Christ. But allow me to reflect for a moment with you guys. I want to encourage you this morning. Usually I'll be rebuking, but <laughs> I, I want to encourage you. How many of you guys have been told, like, you, you find value in life within yourself? You determine your own destiny. You determine your own worth. And I can see the intention of these philosophies is to encourage you. But I think they're actually empty-handed. The moment that you say or that we believe that the meaning of life is found within ourselves, we put ourselves on Jesus' throne. The meaning of life lies within Jesus because he is the essence of and, and, and the source of all life, not us. Your perception of life always changes as the day goes by, but his definition of life stays consistent every day. The meaning of life lies within you. That's only true if the Spirit of God resides in you. What is going on? Okay. The truth is, if you determine your own destiny, then it puts us on the throne of Jesus once again. He is the crafter of our futures. Proverbs 16.9 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. He is the one who orchestrates everything that we walk into. He determines our destiny. Our destiny is to be made in his image, to to conform to the way that he operates life, how he sees life, what he desires us to be. That is what we desire. That is what we walk into. Truth is, if you determine your own worth, then once again, you put yourself on Jesus's throne. And what's ironic is, as much as that statement is is proclaimed and believed in, all of us try to find our... Oh, okay. Go ahead, Pastor. Um, if, if you try to, to do that, it's ironic because we all try to find our, our values in our bank accounts or our, our success, our relationship status, our housing situation, but it is through him, for him, and in him that we exist in the first place. It is in him, for him, and through him that we have been created to be his. Before the foundations of the world, that was, his, that was his purpose in making us in the first place. So let's be encouraged. With all of that said, let me pose a question. What if we didn't need to create a beautiful life, but instead we were given one to live and enjoy already? Life and joy and their abundance are already in God. We don't need to create anything. He established our life and our joy before the foundations of the world. The life that I share with you this morning is real and it brings me joy. The way that we all were singing to our king was amazing and it won't stop. This is the way that we sing for now and all of eternity. We are his. He belongs to us. We are his and he belongs to us. We have been given an invitation to partake in the beautiful life shared between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The evidence of this invitation is that we have been given the Holy Spirit. The Father gives us the Spirit because in doing so, he gives us himself. The Father and Spirit are one, just as the Father and Son are one. So wherever the Father is, the Spirit is also. Wherever the Spirit is, the Father is there. 
1 Corinthians 2.11 says this. It says, no one knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God. So where the Spirit is, the Father is there also. We are children of Yahweh, the living God, and we have a Father who communicates to those that he loves. We have a father that actually desires to give himself away to his children. And many of us grew up with father wounds. Are we still healing from them? Or we're trying to. We don't know how to deal with our father wounds. Many of us rarely heard our dad tell us that he loves us. Or maybe he wasn't physically present or emotionally present or mentally present. And all of those things are spiritual. where he didn't want to give himself over to your family, but wanted to indulge in his desires and satisfy his needs. And I'm sorry. It's not a joke. I'm sorry. If that's your experience. But in this family, it's a different story. In this family, our father tells us he loves us every single day. Because it is every day that we are covered by the blood of his son. It is every day that the spirit of God resides in us. That is his constant communication that I love you. This God actually wants to satisfy the needs of him. But in that we are brought into that. So he doesn't satisfy his needs just for his selfish sake. God isn't some self-glorifying maniac. Rather, he shares his glory with us. It's the spirit of God within us right now. Are you with me? The father communicates his love by the spirit. And he did this with Jesus. Think about the baptism, right? Jesus goes, right? The father rips open the skies. And he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son. In front of everybody, he's declaring his love. So the fact is, not that we're Jesus or anything like that, but we are in Jesus. So I guarantee you the father looks every day when that sun cracks that sky. He says, I love all of my children. In them, I am well pleased. And my spirit is in them. All right, y'all not with me yet. That's cool. In this family, in this life, our father is present with us in all ways. He is with us on the hills of life. He is with us in the valleys of life. He is with us when we feel like we are in the shadows of death. He is with us when we feel like we see all things that are life. He is there. He's not an ambulance. He's already on the scene. The spirit is the communication of that love. We experience the love of the father not only by the sending of the son, as John 3.16, our coffee cup, right? For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, but also because he sent the spirit. The very presence of God lives in us. The spirit intercedes for us even when we don't know what to pray, when all we got is tears and groans. You can ask our kids on Wednesday. I bawled my eyes out as we were praying. I didn't know what to say. The Spirit of God communicated all that needed to be communicated on my behalf. And they wrapped around me. These are my little siblings. They wrapped around me in that moment. That showed what this family is like. Little siblings, littler siblings, excuse me, y'all ain't little. Littler siblings hugging around one of their big brothers. 
because we love each other. The Spirit instills trust and empowers faith so that we can obey as a response to the Father's love. The very presence of God lives in us. This is the very God that formed everything in the universe, from stardust to the dirt that we see in the soil. Well, they're the same thing. You get what I'm saying? That God is attentive and he is in us. It is the God who fashioned humankind in his image. It is the God who led his people in the wilderness. It is the God who resided in the temple of Jerusalem. It is the God who sent and is our deliverer. It is the God who birthed the church in the upper room on Pentecost. It is the God who will return to claim all that is his. That very God is in us. The beautiful life that has been provided in Jesus is the life that we are living into right now because the Spirit is here to stay. John 14 says this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is Jesus talking. I got it right here, just in case. Mm. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus here is talking to the disciples. He know he about to go. I'm on my way. And he says the spirit is going to come and he's going to reside in you. And that actualizes on Pentecost in the book of Acts, where the spirit of God rushes like a wind. And they're speaking in other tongues to communicate the gospel to those who are outside of that room. And here we are today, speaking English, proclaiming the gospel in English, a language that was developed hundreds of years after this incident. You think that's a coincidence? The Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. He is our helper. He lives with us forever. He's not like some mailman dropping off a package at your front door. Ding dong. Here's some, here's some knowledge about Jesus, or here's some conviction that you might need. No, he's come to reside to say, I'm going to show you exactly who Jesus is. He's come to be our life. He's come to be the very life of God that is in us, the life that is there before the creation of the universe, the life that we can never create, the life that we get to live into. The Spirit of God has rejuvenated all of us who are in Jesus back from the dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but the Spirit of God gives us life today. He's come to include us in the Trinity's love by uniting us with the Son. It's a big deal for me personally. I got some daddy issues. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be one. For those of you who don't know, that woman right there is carrying my child. Go ahead, beautiful. Looking all radiant. The radiance of the sun is on you, my dear. Ooh. Um, but I'm terrified. I have no idea what it means to be a dad. 
So I'm going to need y'all. Right? I got my own daddy issues. My dad and I are on good terms, really good terms. We're actually going to Philly this week for Thanksgiving to spend with him and the rest of my family. It's restorative for sure. But I still got some wounds that I don't know how to address. And I pray to God some of that doesn't leak out onto my child. My child will be here in like three or four months. I need you guys to hold me accountable. But even more than you guys, the father is going to teach me how to be a father. Spirit has come to open our eyes and hearts to see the glory of Jesus. John 16, 13 says this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Spirit delights in glorifying and uplifting Jesus. He will always point us to Jesus. Always. Hey, look, look, look. Here's some conviction, but look at the cross. Like, it's done. Okay, I get it. You feeling some shame? Look, look, look. Jesus died for that. We just sang a song that said he took away our shame. Okay, look, you don't know how you're going to fix yourself? Great, you don't have to because Jesus already did it. Okay. Yeah, y'all over here, y'all got some issues too. You don't know where you belong? You don't feel like you belong? Jesus already showed you. I made a new people in myself. Jews, Greeks, blacks, whites, Asians, Latinos, you can name it. They're all mine. As a matter of fact, I'm coming back to show you exactly what I meant. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. You want to know what your life's about? The meaning? Your purpose on earth? It's what we all are searching for. What is my purpose? I want to know. What am I supposed to be doing? Look at Jesus. Your purpose is in him. Okay, Hakeem, what does that mean? Does it mean I got to be a painter, like in Jesus, or what? It's whatever. Everything you do goes to the glory of Jesus. That is the point. He glorifies and uplifts Jesus. And, and as really, actually, I think, I think we tend to think that the Spirit kind of gets the shorthand of the stick. We talk about the Father a lot, talk about the Son a lot. Spirit is like the forgotten piece of God. But he actually enjoys uplifting Jesus. Y'all with me? Okay. It is because of the Spirit that we actually sit in this place and our eyes have been opened to the fact that Jesus is actually King. It is because of the Spirit that our hearts are open to receiving the gospel day after day after day after day. You don't arrive just because you are a Christian. You don't arrive. The moment that we think that we arrive is the moment that we miss the point. He is the one who sanctifies us day by day. He has made us one body as one people. We are one embassy of the kingdom of God in the midst of many embassies because we all are ambassadors of this kingdom. Mike and I love this. This church, Eastside, when somebody steps into this place, they're supposed to see the kingdom of God. That's what an embassy is. If you go over to China and you go to the American embassy, you're on Chinese soil, but you actually walk into America. 
Everything that you see, every culture that, that exuberates from that place is America. So here we are. This whole movement from the scriptures came out of Jerusalem and then spread to Judea and then spread to Samaria and it spread to all the ends of the earth. But here we are in southeast Portland as an embassy of the kingdom of God. So no, no matter who walks into these doors, no matter, actually we can be outside. Whoever walks in the midst of this body, they will see the kingdom of God because the spirit is in us. Love you, Alvin. He'd be like, hallelujah. You better praise him. He is the one who sanctifies us day by day to become more and more like Jesus. His goal is to make us more like Jesus. And in doing so, he changes our affections so that we love what God loves and we hate what he hates. Jesus said this in Matthew. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. It is from our heart that our actions come. So the Spirit renews our hearts and our minds to transform into the mind and heart of Jesus. From this renewal comes the bearing of good fruit. Allow me to name it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. This is the fruit of what? Spirit. You want to know what Jesus was like? He was like all nine of those things that I just listed. He was patient. He was faithful. He was good. He was gentle was loving. He was joyful. He had self-control, especially in an era where everybody was doing whatever the heck they wanted to do. The Roman Empire is similar to our day and age right now. Everybody did was good in their own eyes. So we are called to live by self-control. But we don't have to muster that in and of ourselves because the Spirit is here to shape us into that. We are being renewed every day to be more like Jesus. There is never a day on this side of eternity where we arrive. This beautiful life that we have been given by the Spirit is a race to Jesus. It's my last point. As we see resurrection life at the finish line, the Spirit is our confidence that we will surely get there. Let's read. 2 Corinthians. So we do not lose heart, though. Our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. This is Paul, by the way. For this light momentarily of for this light moment for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Can I get a Bible? I don't have this way. Oh. I believe in you, Brad. For we know that if the tent that our earthly that our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. 
For while we were still, we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would further be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Last verse. He who prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. In short, Paul writes that we're dying every day. I'm getting closer and closer and closer to death. You know, some of us who are married, we say till death do us part, right? But with Jesus, it's until death brings us closer. That is what we step forward to every day. To see him who has rings in his hands. Who can't wait. Paul says that coming glory outweighs any of today's afflictions and trials. He's hammering in on our longing for our resurrected bodies. And God is preparing us for the resurrection and has given us the spirit as our guarantee that this will happen. We can be confident that resurrection life is at the finish line of our race in this life because we have the spirit within us. He did give us a guarantee, a seal, a promise that we will make it there. So be encouraged. I know it's hard. We're on our way. You might say, God, just take me now. I'm tired of suffering. We are on our way. Yo, I want to pass the baton off like my race is done. No, no, it's not. We are on our way. And the beauty about this race running towards Jesus is that we're not running in competition. We are running as a family. So when one of us falls, we pick each other up. When one isn't able to run anymore, we throw shoulders over and we walk towards, we go. That's a very different race than the race that says you find your success in your money or your bank account, which says the first person to get to the millions is successful. Versus the one that says, okay, the first one that can get to the limelight is it. Whoever can cross the finish line first is the primary winner of all things. But there is no winner. We are all winners. We are running this race together. So when it comes to you guys, right? Mike and I, Ashley, Heidi, Steve, Nell, and Andrew, we are running this race of how to lead this church together. And then there's other leaders. We are all running. And then there's all of you. We are all running this race. And then there's the rest of churches in Portland. We are all running this race. And then there is churches all over this state, all over this nation, all over this world that are running towards Jesus. And we persevere until the end. When I fall, it will happen. I need you to pick me up. When you fall, I promise I will pick you up too. We are on this race together. This life is beautiful. The spirit runs with us towards Jesus, who is our reward. And our father is waiting there, ready to embrace all of his children. Welcome home. You made it. Here is your reward. And what's dope is Jesus ran this race, too. Jesus was filled with the spirit. and He's running back to the father who was waiting for his son to come into back into his arms where he came from. And he runs and he runs and he runs. Even when the temptation was to stop running. Lord, take this cup away from me. 
but not my will, your will be done. He got picked back up and he ran and he ran and he ran and he finished the race. And at the finish line was resurrection life. We're running the same race. This is Hebrews, last passage. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We don't create this. We run a race that has always and already been established. We have a king who actually ran it before us to show us how to run. So this is what we do. Scrap all this. This is what we do. This whole series has been about the good God, right? Just If you ain't been present yet, be present right now. Don't think about the next notification or the next place you got to go after this. Be present right now. Okay, let me actually do this. This whole series, we've been talking about the good God, right? A God who was different than any other God that we could ever imagine or conjure up in our minds, right? But we have tried to shape God into our own image, right? But he says, no, 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 I've already created an image. You get to live into that. That's who you are. I am in you. And now in my son, you are in me. This is a very good God. This is a very different God than the God of money or the God of sex or the God of marriage or the God of success or the God that any, any of us may try to, or the God of race, racial superiority or gender superiority or the God who, 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 who is yourself. All of those gods are terrible. Marriage was created to roll into our affection for God. Sex was created to roll into our affections for God. The only success that is real is success in Jesus. You know what that is? Running the race. It's not being the fastest sprinter or the most enduring as far you run slow, but you it's not none of that. Families are for the, the rolling up of our affections. None of these things are meant to terminate on themselves. This is a good God who created all of that. The beauty of our different skin colors is beautiful. He created that on purpose because he doesn't want life to look like a bunch of kale. He wants it to be a, a, a different color, like salad. Like there's carrots and there's tomatoes and all of that. A kale salad is a very bland salad. I don't know if any of you have had some. This is a God who's existed for all of eternity, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who was good enough to create us out of an outflow of his love. We have a father who communicates his love to us every day. Well, your father didn't tell you that he loves you. This father communicates at this very moment. The fact that you are, that's I love you. You breathe in my love and you breathe it back out into the world. None of this love is meant for just us to feel all goody two-shoes about ourselves. 
We spread this father's love to the rest of the world because this world is full of orphans and foster kids, all of that. Both spiritually and physically. But our God says, I am a father to all who are fatherless and who are motherless. My son is the big brother that redeems all of his siblings. The spirit of God is my spirit that breathes life into everybody that I call according to my name. My name is Yahweh. I am above all things. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. I am who I will be. With that said, I am good. And the question I'll leave you is, do you believe? Do you believe? For eight weeks, we've been going in. Y'all can come back up. Where should we do this, by the way? Y'all can come up. For eight weeks, we've been talking about the good guy. And all of that could be jibber-jabberish. None of it means that if you, do you believe? Regardless of what, we're going to proclaim this good news. We're going to sing the good news. Do you believe? My job is not to do anything but help you see that Jesus is really who he said that he is. He is the good God incarnate. He is our redeemer. He is our king. He is our, our, our deliverer. He is our master. He is our Lord. He is our savior. He is our example. He is our forerunner. He is the first fruits. He is the the image of the invisible God. He is all of these things. But do you believe? Because I do. So I just want to say thank you for being part of this family. I meant what I said last week when I was doing the welcome. Sorry, I'm going to shut up in a minute. Um, last week when I was doing a welcome, I just was like overjoyed by just being present with you all. And that hasn't changed. As Bob was saying, these last three months have been crazy. We got here in August, had a conversation in May. And here we are as one family on this side of eternity, worshiping our king. We got everybody from babies to older folks people who come from left wing and right wing, people who probably couldn't stand each other outside of this. But here we are singing, singing our hearts out. Be present in this moment. Spirit has made this beautiful. This is a real family. Some of you always wanted a black brother. Here you are. (laughs) I'm responsible. I'm responsible for y'all. You're responsible for me. I think this is one of the dopest things I get to live into every week. I look forward to seeing y'all. I'm not just a pastor, I'm a brother before. And I love y'all. And the beauty is our Father loves us. Spirit is here, so let us sing. We 
pray that God will use this message to strengthen your faith and draw you into a deeper relationship with himself. If you're interested in hearing other sermons or want more information about the church, please visit our website at idceastside.com. Thanks for listening.